You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. It ain't the left side or the right side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. We're previewing the Chargers-Dolphins Week 2 matchup taking place here at StubHub Center in L.A. Paul, the Chargers currently at home, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Their home opener, as, as you can call it here this year. And when I look back at the last... 35 games that they've had, 9-26, and 26, yet they're four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Dolphins. Yeah, but you know what? Miami's had their number the past few times. Uh, you and I have been down there for, for one of those. Miami's really done well getting pressure on Phillip Rivers and forcing him off his spot. And when, when you force Phillip Rivers off his spot, when you're pushing the center of that pocket – and he's not able to step into his throws. I'm sorry. He, he He's not going to hit his wide receivers. And, and for me, that's what is the most telling thing in a game against the Chargers. And I don't see Rivers being able to do that. Miami's defensive line is stacked, and their secondary is better than it has been in previous years. You, you combine those two, and, and Miami's going to be able to do some things here, I think. Yeah, uh, taking a look at the Chargers' crushing defeat, on Sunday night football against the Denver Broncos, their division rival. They lose the game 24 to 21, but with 11 and a half minutes left in the game, the Chargers are down 24 to seven. And from that point, the Broncos stopped doing exactly what, what's been working for them all game. And that's blitzing and getting in Phillip Rivers' face. They take a step back. They start playing some prevent defense. 
Rivers throws for two touchdowns. That, that always seems to be the case with Phillip Rivers. If you can get some pressure on him, you can make him have some bad passes and, and, and throw some interceptions. We saw that last year when the Dolphins won 31-24 over the Chargers and Phillip Rivers had a eye-popping four interceptions in the fourth quarter. I really think one of the keys in the game here is Cameron Wake at defensive end against right tackle Joe Barksdale. This has been a right tackle who hasn't played very well over the last couple of years. I'm kind of surprised he's still starting in the NFL. But it always seems like when Cameron Wake can get pressure on the quarterback, that tends to dictate how the Dolphins play. It completely does. And Cam Wake's not alone in that. I mean, yes, Cam Wake getting pressure on the quarterback will help get Phillip Rivers playing shock and duck. But for me, the biggest key to, to things for that is going to be the pressure that Ndamukong Sue, the pressure that Davin Gachow, and the pressure that Jordan Phillips are able to get up the middle. If they're able to push that deep, the center of that offensive line back into Phillip Rivers, you're forcing him to step back, which sets the table for guys like Andre Branch, Charles Harris, and Cameron Wake off the edge. But it also forces Phillip Rivers into a position he's not good at when he's backpedaling. He's not able to step into his throws. And that is when he makes the most mistakes. So the biggest key to me here is going to be what the center of that defensive line is able to do against that offense. You bet. Uh, looking at the Chargers offensive line, not not anybody that really sticks out for them either. I mean, the, they drafted fourth lamp in the second round, Dan Feeney in the third round, and I thought that those were going to be uh, their week one starters. Turns out fourth lamp tears his ACL, and Dan Feeney doesn't win a starting job. So the middle of that offensive line, not terrible, played okay against the Broncos, but something that Adamican Sue can certainly wreak havoc on. It's also important, too, the Dolphins stop Melvin Gordon. He was on his way to a phenomenal season last last year until he got hurt. Uh, went from no touchdowns to, I think, 14. Dolphins did a good job on him last year, and they need to do the same thing right here. In the first contest, or in Sunday night's game, you had Melvin Gordon. 21-yard 21-yard run on the first carry, then just 17 rushes for 33 yards the rest of the game. But another matchup that I do like too, Paul, is at wide receiver, the Chargers have two very tall, not very fast guys in Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams. I think Xavier Howard and Byron Maxwell, given their size, match up pretty well against them. But you look inside at the slot, Travis Benjamin goes up against Alteron Werner. Benjamin can really turn on the Jets, as, as we saw on Sunday night's game when, when he had the long touchdown. So in terms of the weapons, uh, how do you see this breaking down against Phillip Rivers versus the Dolphins' defense? I think it's going to be big. We already talked about the defensive line. We all know that that helps the secondary, which should be good, given the fact that, like you said, Benjamin may be able to get over the top. But if Phillip Rivers isn't able to step into his throws, and Miami's able to create that constant pressure with their front seven, it's not going to be as huge of a deal. I'm curious to see. It's going to be a very telling thing whether Werner's able to stay with with Benjamin, whether he's able to get that help from the safeties over the top in Nate Allen and in Rashad Jones. Also interesting to see if some of the communication issues that we saw with guys like Byron Maxwell and Rashad Jones uh, in the preseason continue to plague them into the regular season here. 
as we move forward because we did see a few times in the preseason there when the starting unit was on the field and there were some communication issues that let wide receivers run free. Can't afford to do that here. If Miami's able to do that, get the constant pressure from, from the front seven, I think I think Miami could be in really good shape. The pressuring the quarterback, we keep going back to that, is such a key in this game. Looking through the lens of Jay Cutler on the offensive side of the ball, clearly the biggest matchup, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. You may not see a better defensive end tandem in the league. Melvin Ingram was an absolute monster on Sunday night. Joey Bosa was too. Each player had a sack and a half. And Joey Bosa, thir- or excuse me, 12 sacks in 13 NFL games. The good thing is, Jawan James did a pretty good job on Joey Bosa last year, and that's really, to me, what's going to be the matchup on the offensive side of the ball. The Dolphins drafted Jawan James and Laramie Tunzel in the top 20 in their respective drafts, and now they're going to go up here, and they, they need to get the job done against possibly the best defensive end combo in the league. Definitely one of the best pass-rushing defensive end combos in the league. I, I will give them credit for that. But Miami's also got the tool set to go out in this game and really force that pairing of defensive ends to either, A, keep it honest and have to really defend the run and defend the screen game as well, or, B, pin their ears back and get their entire defense destroyed during the game. Miami's got the weapons in Kenyon Drake, in Damian Williams, and in Jay Ajayi to really force those defensive ends to stay home a little bit and make some reads and slow them down. So, yeah, Laramie Tunzel and Juwan James are going to have to have a big day, but there are things that that offense can and should be doing in this game that will keep them honest. If they're just pinning their ears back, just dump it right over their head all game to those guys, run a couple of short slants and things like that to, you know, Jakeem Grant – Run a couple of end arounds. You know, it, it's there are some really big things you can do that force those defensive ends to have to not just pin their ear back, ears back and come after Cutler, who has some really good pocket presence. So I'd be very intrigued to see if Miami does those things to keep them honest. When I looked at the Chargers' depth chart and uh, watching their game on Sunday night and throughout the preseason, I thought they are really good at the cornerback spots with Casey Hayward and Jason Barrett and really good at the defensive end position. The rest of the defense, you know, I could really take it or leave it. So part of what happened with them, too, is they lost inside linebacker Denzel Perryman for the year. So he's going to be replaced by Corey Toomer. But overall, you know, I I think the key in this is if they can neutralize Joey Bosa and they can neutralize Melvin Ingram, just the way you described, by having them rush more up the field, then – that would be huge. And at the cornerback spot, there's a reason the Dolphins have at least three really good wide receivers. In the slot, it's going to be an interesting matchup with rookie Desmond King out of Iowa uh, versus Jarvis Landry. Because if Jarvis Landry can win that contest, and I expect him to, Jay Cutler may have an underneath option all game. Completely. And the safeties are going to be kept com- completely honest by guys like Devontae Parker, guys like Kenny Stills, guys like Jakeem Grant. If the safeties are coming up to, to try to take away that underneath option, Miami can kill him over the top all game. Jay Cutler has shown he likes to go deep. He's shown that his whole career. He's got at least three deep threat weapons and a seam threat tight end that they have to worry about on that defense. So 
you, you combine that with Jarvis Landry and Anthony Fasano playing the underneath all day. Miami just has too many weapons to, to not be able to do stuff this season. So if that defense can put that pressure on Rivers, I'm sorry. It, this is just a game that could easily skew heavily in the Dolphins' favor. Normally, I try to see it from both perspectives, but if Miami does the things they're supposed to do, this is a game that Miami could easily turn into a blowout. I do like the matchups, and I also like the fact that the Dolphins did not play week one, and the Chargers are coming off a Monday night game. Now the Dolphins have a full, not only two weeks to prepare, but an offseason to prepare, and the Chargers only have six days. So for everything the Dolphins have dealt with here in August, I think this is one thing that they can actually that can actually come out to their advantage. So, Paul, looking at this game in Los Angeles, not in San Diego. I have to get myself in the habit of not talking that way. Los Angeles, how do you see the Dolphins-Chargers game ending up? Well, I'm sure I'm going to get a few people throwing some comments my way on uh, on our YouTube page or out on one of our other sites. But honestly, I just see this being a game that starts out close, similar to the way the Chiefs and, and Patriots games did this past week. And then Miami opens it up and runs away with it, forcing Phillip Rivers to press even harder and make some mistakes as the game wears on. I expect them to do the things they're supposed to do and, and really should do to beat this team based on the matchups they've got. And, and for me, I, I'm going to I'm gonna go big on the first game of the year this time. Uh, I'm going to go 35-13 to 13 Miami. 22-point victory, and very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would be – I think Las Vegas would be very interested in that, in that outcome. But uh, I would, would say I, I do think – I do have the Dolphins winning, too. I have them winning 24-21. to 21. I think the bye week at the first game of the year is going to suit them well. Chargers are coming off a short schedule. And I, I think that if they can do their job on the defensive ends, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, then you're going to have Jay Cutler not rushing into quick decisions. But that's really where the matchup is at that tackle spot against the Chargers defensive ends. If they're having problems, I hope Anthony Fasano gets involved a little bit in the blocking game, too. I'm going to say Dolphins 24-21. to 21. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. We're going to have Miami Dolphins coverage all year, previews, recaps. Be sure to listen to us after the game throughout the week and look out for that link because Paul and I are going to grade every position every week following the Dolphins' win or loss. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth side. Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.